Do we have some sort of joke? Honestly, I forgot. I like I was about to hit the record button, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> I haven't thought of a joke." And this happens almost every alarmingly frequently yeah, on this podcast. You think we would like learn? We would have learned by now. Yeah. We this is going to be what or like what what episode number would this be? Let me check. Yeah, I'm interested now too. It's it's got to be like twentieth or something like that. Oh, easy. 23 this will be our 24th episode including bonus bonus episodes okay yeah so we're uh that's how old i am i'm 24 the podcast is now <laughs> older than me in terms of like if every view, if, if in, every episode in terms of episodes yeah correct yeah this this podcast has more had more episodes than ep- than years that you were old correct <laughs> that is a statistic Yes. We are now opening the show with statistics (laughs) instead of jokes. Ooh, I like that. We're trying to inform our listeners better. Yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Velvet Room Review. I'm Matthew. And I am Graham. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, The Beginner's Guide, which came out, what, was it 2015? I think it was 2015. Yeah. Um, before we start, Graham, though, I wanted to talk about something. It's okay. not related to The Beginner's Guide, but something happened to me since our last recording, and I haven't been able to tell it to anybody because I don't think it would be relevant to anybody else. Oh, but... Okay. This sounds strange, but I promise it's not that strange. Um, so I was uh, working with uh, my boss, who uh, is in her in her forties, so she's a little older than me. Um, and I had the oddest interaction with her, and it's something I've never experienced before. She she asked like, "Oh, so like, are you into Star Trek or Star Wars?" I'm like. Yeah, yeah, like a little bit or whatever, and not a, not not a huge like over big overly big nerd for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay, so like, what what do you do? What's your thing? And I go, I play video games. And she goes, really? I'm like, oh yeah, I play a lot of video games. And then she starts asking like, okay, so like, what kind of video games? And I didn't know what to say to her, so I was like, uh, I guess I kind of play everything. Mm-hmm. And we we're having this conversation, and she knows nothing about video games like she doesn't play them nobody she's related to plays them so it was really hard for me to explain like this is what i'm playing presently huh. <laughs> so she, like i was like okay well right now like i'm playing like friday the 13th with my friends and this is the concept and she kind of just like gave me this weird look because it's a weird concept for a game and then she asks me oh so what's your favorite game and i'm like uh that's a tough question. That is a tough question, but I was like, okay, what what could I say that she would probably recognize, right? Because um, then maybe there'll be some common ground here. And so I said, oh, I, I'm a big Pokemon guy. And and then she's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, so like, what is that? And then I was like, how the heck do I explain what Pokemon is to her? She to didn't like, know what Pokemon was. Well, she like she knew of it, but she didn't like know like how it was played right so okay, I, yeah, I was yeah. like how do i explain 
what Pokemon is to somebody who has no concept of what a video game is or or what Pokemon is. And how I explain it seems so stupid. <laughs> I, I literally took at least 30 seconds to, like, think about my response. Because I was, tr- I was trying to, you know, put it in a context that you would kind of get. Mm-hmm. And so I basically said, well, you go on, like, an adventure with <laughs> with animals that you you collect and capture <laughs> and then you fight gym leaders and 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 that's pretty much it which is like technically what pokemon is yeah but it's just like it's i it was it was such a puzzling conversation to me because i i'd never i've never had to do that with somebody before i've never had to like explain to them what pokemon is yeah so it, it really threw me for a loop and i i couldn't stop thinking about like I guess how poorly I explained what Pokemon was, but it's it's technically accurate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just a really weird conversation, and it made me think like, so what other games, like what, like how would you explain? Other, do you games? remember there was the one time we tried to explain Persona to someone? Yeah, yeah, and that was see that was a little better because we had visual aids. See, mm-hmm. I, I that's what I should have done. I should have whipped out like YouTube and like this is Pokemon, but like. For example, like trying to explain like Mass Effect to somebody. It's like, like a yeah, it'd be like trying to say like, oh, it's like Star Trek, but you can play it. And <laughs> see, I don't like. I would be like, well, it's like a space adventure where there's this alien race these... that's trying to yeah. kill everybody. Like that's Mass Effect, but like it's it's so hard to to for video games. It's like it's so hard most of the games to take one that's really complex and like give it a one sentence you know synopsis well yeah like it's trying to describe mario it's like oh, you're an get... you you're an italian plumber <laughs> that runs and jumps on enemies fights turtles, turtles. <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it was a really puzzling conversation that like i've been thinking about it all week like having a week ago i've been thinking about it all week so huh yeah yeah, it just uh, not relevant at all to the game we played. I don't think. I mean, yeah, probably not terribly relevant, but it's still funny and I interesting. Think, I think the beginner's guy would be an interesting game to try to explain to somebody. Oh yeah, you walk around and you listen to a guy talk to you for about an hour and a half, and then it ends. I would add, but you're but you're also playing games that somebody else yeah, has made but, but aren't really games yeah or are games depending on who you ask and what you look at mm. that actually begs the question like what makes a game what makes a game a game yep because i feel like people would play the beginner's guide and say well that's not really a game because some yeah, people I mean... would probably say like you can't fail there's no challenge there's no um which I mean is a direct theme of the game. Yeah, true, true. Well, that's what I think makes games such an interesting medium, right? Because you know you have a game like this, or like uh, Edith Finch, where it's not really there is no you know challenging aspect to it. Mm-hmm. But, it's not like skill based or to a degree. Yeah, yeah. 
I guess it's. I think maybe. Yeah. I maybe games is too generic for what the medium really is, but. Yeah, honestly, like I've, there's been kind of talks about that, like that video games kind of isn't necessarily the best term to describe the medium. Like a yeah. movie or a book, yeah, that's that's very clear. Like a book is pages and words, and a movie is movie collection of still images and music and right. But a uh, video game implies that it's some like a game it is something that is a it's you play you play when really or it's a sport you, or yeah where really it's more of like some games are a bit more of an experience so it's, it's like what would you call what would you classify that as like an entertainment experience like an interactive entertainment Ooh, inter- see but yeah this game i would say is pretty interactive yeah 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 that's that's a, you still have direct control over that's some fair. aspect of the game that's fair maybe that would be like the defining factor right like most most movies you can't interact with no. them there are like some video game movies out there where like yeah. you know like yeah yeah Which like I the fire, right? final fantasy ones and stuff yeah or like like choose your own adventure movie like real li- like live action video games mm-hmm. where it's like a movie and you choose your own adventure um, oh, like FMVs? With full this? motion video? Yeah, let's go with that. Mm-hmm. Like Night Trap and... I think that, that's there's it. not many like famous No, they don't do FMVs. very well. No, they didn't do that well. It's almost like... Uh, I would relate that to like Goosebumps. Choose your own adventure. It's like that. Did you yeah. ever read the Goosebumps adventure once? I never did. Okay. Well, I, you'd read it and be like... If you want to do this, go to page 72 or go to this page, 43. And then you would read the book like that. You would go from page to page, depending on your choices. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the beginner's guide. <laughs> yes. Um, how did you how did you like the beginner's guide, Graham? Okay. I, I think it's a fascinating piece of work. Um, this is like my third time playing it, I think. Okay. Um, it, it really kind of resonates with me. Okay. Um, because like that question of, um, like validation and can you really know someone based on the work that they create and can you make accurate judgments about someone based on their actions Mm. and, um, yeah, I think that, and like the idea that perception and that you can project your own feelings and thoughts onto a piece of art. Mm-hmm. That, um, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. There you um, go. I was just going to say, I'm going to do a brief synopsis for those who haven't played the Beginner's Guide. That is a good idea. Um, if you'd like to play it, I would suggest it. It's about 11 bucks on Steam. It's about an hour and a half. Um, and it's enjoyable. You know, it, it, it doesn't overstay. It's welcome. But brief synopsis is you are basically being given a narration by the developer of the Beginner's Guide. What the Beginner's Guide is, is a collection of games developed by a gentleman they name as Coda, who is the uh, friend of the Beginner's Guide developer. So that dev's name is Davey. 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 Yeah. So Davey is narrating to you 
his thoughts about his friend Coda as you experience his game. Uh, his games, many of the games are incomplete or very short or um, you know, generally not finished. And he kind of, he it's a chronological experience. So you start, you know, in 2009 and you kind of see Coda's games as they progress. And as you see them, um, Davey starts to say, or starts to give his interpretations of Coda's games. Um, there's a lot of talks about uh, prison and simple puzzles or um, dialogue or uh, the way the mechanics kind of shape your perception of, of his work. Some games aren't completable without Davies' uh, inner, or action to let you complete the game. Um, and basically, Davy implies that he feels that uh, Code is depressed. And that he's losing uh, his passion for game development. And as his games progress, you know, Davy gets more and more concerned. Uh, so he tries to give Coda validation by showing other games to other people and them saying that they're great and, and trying to kind of build Coda up that way. But things still progress in a downward spiral, according to Davy. And the last game Coda sends Davy. Um, after a few years of this, is basically um, a goodbye letter that accuses Davey of kind of reading too much into his games, of spreading his games without his permission, and the final epilogue is kind of Davey narrating to the player about more about his feelings of validation and and trying to say he's sorry, and um, and kind of and kind of more wondering what's wrong with me. Whereas, like, the bulk of the game was kind of more, what's wrong with Coda? Yeah, it's a good and, synopsis. Thank you. And then game ends. So, um, very briefly, I really like the aspect of this game up until I realized, and I'm, I could be wrong, um, that Coda is not a real person. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you agree with that? Like, in what sense? I don't, I don't think that... Um, what I think is Davy and Coda are probably the same person. Um, that like Davy made the game, like the developer of the game made the game and also made the games that are within it. Correct. And that it's really more of, of his process of working through um, depression and that need for validation. Um, I, 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 I was, I kind of, I kind of had bought into the fact that, okay, Coda, did make these games. There are these two people, Coda and Davy, and the game is about Davy trying to help Coda. And I, I, and I bought it up until the very last level, like the tower, when you mm -hmm. read, you know, Davy, you need to stop this, blah 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 blah. It just kind of felt to me like, oh, that's not real. <laughs> I kind of felt taken a little bit, like I was, I, I had, not, I wasn't maybe. 100% sold that this game was like a true story. Um, I thought it was leading to a revelation that would prove it was a true story. Um, but probably the when I realized at the end of the game, okay, well, allegedly Coda is upset with Davy. I and that Davy's trying is releasing this game to try and reconcile his relationship with Coda. I kind of thought, well, that's not really reasonable because um, he's publishing and 
and selling other people's personal work. There was actually a really interesting article around the time of this game's release um, by a journalist or whatever that was like saying, yeah, it's okay if you refund this game because it's a short game because I don't like there's the chance that this is a game that's being sold that's not actually by the developer. Um, which I thought is interesting. I don't agree with it, but mm. um, my personal take on it is that it's a, it's a work of fiction. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, and and when I when I learned or when I kind of made the realiza- realization it is a work of fiction, I was a, I I did feel a little cheated. I was like, oh man, really? Like, yeah, I that, feel like the not, story still holds up though. Yeah, exactly. Not that it makes the story any any less um good or bad it just it kind of shifts the focus onto onto davy um and i guess it, it for me maybe it warrants a replay to kind of uh to connect those dots together um yeah i would i mean me replaying this and i i already knew going in what like the different things were like what the ending was and stuff like that so it was really interesting like i actually blocked out davy for a lot of it like just mentally Mm. and was focusing on what coda's work i felt was actually saying Mm -hmm. and realizing that everything davy is doing is skewing your view so that it aligns with his Mm. um yeah i could see that like when I was playing through the game, I, I was like, okay. Again, I, I thought Koda was actually a, somebody, right? I thought it was like a, a true story. And so I was kind of thinking like, this seems to me like somebody who has talent and passion, but this can't complete a project. Hmm. And that's kind of how it started out. Like all the different variations of games that you would get. And then there was um, the game probably my favorite section of the game is the the house cleaning game absolutely same yeah it's 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 the best one um because and i don't know why like basically the concept is you're in a house and you're cleaning just by clicking and cleaning certain tasks like do the dishes clean the bed but there's this person there that you're interacting with and it's just a simple dialogue tree but you just kind of go around the house cleaning the same thing over and over and over and talking with this, you know, the the character. And it, I just found it to be so enjoyable. And and so then I started buying into the fact that, like, okay, maybe Coda is developing these games and he's working out his issues in this way, right, um, with those dialogue trees. I really I really like the dialogue aspects of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I to me, I'm like, okay, I could buy that. Like, somebody is pre-programming their inner thoughts right because we always have well all those moments where we talk to ourselves or we argue with ourselves inside our head and this individual is just coding that and 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 giving it a a playthrough yeah well i think um like going along with like the story it was that these games were intended basically only for coda Mm -hmm. like they were his personal creations that didn't necessarily need to be shown to the public yeah well 
you think of like an, like an artist, right? And maybe an artist is having like a crappy day, and so they they paint something that's kind of dark and and dreary, right? And then they finish it, or they get halfway, and they're like, okay, you know, I'm not gonna finish this piece of artwork, right? Mm-hmm. But then their friends come in, and they go into their art room, and they see all these like half-completed dark projects, and they take things kind of out of proportion. Yeah, that's kind of like the basis of the game. Like like none of Coda's games, like you said, were ever released or are really finished. Um, so it's like, and and you're right, Davy does the narrator uh, does such a good job of like confusing the perception. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. One thing you also have to remember. This is the creator of this game also created the Stanley Parable, or he wrote the Stanley Parable. Yes. Which, if you haven't played, you should play. That's but, a great game. Um, the Stanley Parable and this game use one a feature that is probably one of my, one of my most favorite features about storytelling is is the unreliable narrator, where you you don't really know if you can trust what the narrator is saying. When do do you remember when like you started you realized that the narrator was untrustworthy? Um, probably it probably wasn't until the tower level when Davies Davies dialogue got a bit more um, emotional and then I'm like okay maybe so in my head I was like okay so maybe the game's not about Coda and his depression but it's really about Davies issues right and and I never I didn't, I didn't, you know, put the dots together that Coda was upset at Davy until, you know, that's revealed at the end. So mm. I don't know if I ever thought he was unreliable, um, but I don't think I took everything he said, like, as, you know, gospel, if you okay. will. Right? Like, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no. Like, like, he'll, he'll, he'll say, like, okay, here's this puzzle, and you'll see this puzzle time and time again, and uh, same solution, and I have an opinion on it, but I'll talk about that later, right? So it's kind of like, okay, I'll, interesting, I want to hear what his opinion is. And his opinion is something about like being stuck between two places or whatever, uh, and then you have to close the door behind you. And it's like, yeah, okay, that seems reasonable. But, it, but I could very easily see somebody having a completely different interpretation. Or, yeah. or no interpretation at all. It's just a dumb puzzle. So. Yeah. No. It's he definitely shapes your perception of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually really interesting because playing through it again with that knowledge, there are certain games and certain scenes in games that um, you can really. I feel like you can really tell that it's Coda trying to speak to. Um, Davy, um, or like Davy doesn't realize it, but this is about him in a certain way, like the machine. Mm. Um, I feel like I feel like the the player character that you're playing as is Davy, um, because you're you're going into the machine and you're saying, why aren't you providing any more stuff? Why aren't you validating me? Um, and all people. of these things yeah. and then going and destroying all of his work. Huh. Uh, 
because See, I, yeah i didn't have that interpretation that's interesting i would recommend it yeah. um like and it almost it makes me think of um other like stuff in the games industry that this kind of stuff happens like um do you remember Puddlegate? Puddlegate. You'll have to remind me about Puddlegate. Um, with Spider-Man. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> there's this huge thing about, at the E3 demo, like, two years ago, they showed a scene. And then a few days or weeks or whatever before launch, they showed the same scene again, but the puddles were different, or they were removed, or something like that. Yeah. And people got... <laughs> ridiculous and like blew up and we're like oh we're not we're not gonna buy this we're not gonna like this is ridiculous and the devs were like guys we it was a different time of day (laughs) so you couldn't it didn't look the same and uh it just makes me think of that kind of like in i hesitate to say but like entitlement well that's that's just it right it's like who are games really developed for? And exactly. Are they developed for the consumer? Or are they developed on the passions of the developer? Right? And it, it's kind of like a fine balance. You know, the developer well, has a little some, bit of both. It, yeah. Or it, or it could be all of one and not any of the other or vice versa. Yep. Right? Because a developer sometimes has stuff to say. And they'll make a game like this. And, you know, either you like it or you don't. And... If you don't like it, too bad, <laughs> right? It, um, and triple A's, I think, get more into that entitlement, right? Um, where there's just so there's a, such mass appeal and mob mentality and and all that, right? Mm-hmm. But looking at at Coda's games again, it's it's you know when Davey says he shares them with everybody and everybody loves them and that makes Davey feel great because he wants to help his friend. It's like, well, you you as the consumer are also enjoying coda's games presumably um even though they're not really playable or complete yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's all right it, there's so much to think about with this game i find yeah it does definitely make you think well it makes because it, it it's such a game about human humanity really it's i find at least yeah about how we interact with one another and how we want people to interact with us, how we see ourselves. Where see, we look for meaning. Yeah, see, and, and my interpretation of the game is, is based on the perception that Davey developed this game to help work through his own issues and all the stuff that he, you know, accuses Coda of working through, he's actually working through. You know, depression, losing the drive, um there's a whole section where you kind of ask yourself and you're trying to speak of the truth. Like, why am I not enjoying developing games anymore? Why do I have nothing to say? Uh, to me, at the end of the game, I felt like that's just Davy, Right. And in order for Davy to get those thoughts out in a interesting experience, he, he developed Coda. And at the end of it, you know, Davy's just talking about what's wrong with me. Why do I need such validation? Yeah. Um, and I, I, to me, it was kind of like, okay, he's he's doing what I thought Coda was doing, which is just making a game, trying to work through his 
you know, what's going on in his life. Hmm. So, and I mean, to me, it's interesting, like, this is the guy that wrote the Stanley Parable, which, you know, as far as I know, is quite a successful game. It's probably, I don't know, I don't know how much it did dollars-wise, but I think most people know about what the Stanley Parable is. So, I can only imagine, like, as a developer, it's like, how do I follow up the Stanley Parable? There was actually, he posted a really interesting blog either before, shortly before or shortly after the Beginner's Guide came out or something like that, that was talking about how he was having difficulty with these kinds of things and like the sudden pressure of suddenly being a video game celebrity. But um, I don't necessarily remember whether like, but then like we're doing the exact thing that the game is kind of warning us against of putting our perceptions on it. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's that kind of delicate line to walk across. But yeah. like, yeah. like inherently you do put something into your work. Uh, regardless of what it is. Yeah, like a little fingerprint of yourself. Yeah. And well, so yeah. in theory, like, yes, you have like put a little bit of yourself into it. So someone could try to glean uh, an insight about who you are um, but there's the danger of reading too much into it so and I, yeah yeah I just think yeah like from the from coming from the Stanley Parable which is like I don't know kind of like a um, how do I describe it kind of like a, a, a love letter to fun in a way and and mm-hmm. um and, and and really the player of just like here are all the silly things you could do and there's this charming narration and and you've got options and it's kind of like you're discovering everything the narrator can say you know it's a pretty big tonal shift from you don't know what's um, going to happen to I would argue that it's not that dissimilar actually because like Stanley Parable had a lot of very fun moments but it also had a lot of like dark and startling moments too. I don't remember many of them. <laughs> um, I mean, the, like the Stanley Parable was absolutely hilarious, it, like for the most of it. But there was stuff like, um, like your your character goes mad, or like yeah. um, you pull the plug on the phone, and the narrator gets absolutely angry at you, mm. and. Um, is like yelling at you and um there's even actually a little commentary about what is a game in the stanley parable itself and i need to replay it um there's a, a really dark section where like you're trying to kill your character um and so like there's there's all these like really dark and like thoughtful things in that game too which i can see in the beginner's guide yeah yeah, I, I, I see the Stanley Parable as more the narrators interacting with the player, whereas the oh, beginner, yeah, absolutely. beginner's guide is just, you're just listening to the narrator, right? Um, as he as he tells the story. And, and whatever, I think you said it before, like we're just doing what the game is telling us. Or, or we are doing exactly the, the same thing the game warns about. 
which is putting our perceptions yeah. on somebody's work. Yeah, Stanley Parable is all about choice. Yeah. And this is about, yeah, like this is very much about deciphering the elements. A single, vo- a single viewpoint or. Right. Or, you know, trying to determine where somebody's at based on a piece of art. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, 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 I mean, I really, I really like games that make you think, like, as much as I like fun games, like Ultimate Chicken Horse, or Duck Game, or, you know, uh, I don't know, Pokemon, really, um, I really enjoy games that, that make you think, and I, I also like games that kind of point the finger back at the player, like you were mentioning about Stanley Parable, like, there are times where it kind of points the finger um, back at you. One, yeah. one, the one that sp- stands out most in my mind. Have you ever heard of Spec Ops: The Line? I have heard of it. Okay. Do you know much about it? Um, I I know enough about it. Okay. From what I remember. So Spec Ops: The Line, um, probably has the most impactful <sighs> mess with the player aspect of any game i think i've ever played and and here's why because 95 percent of the game is just your standard third person shooter um and you know it's it's a military sim basically your soldiers fighting through lots of bad guys blah 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 blah. and um the overall story of the game is that basically the main the main character kind of is losing his mind a little bit and um as that as that unfolds you know um you as the player are are forced to do things for example you're forced to you're using like a heat seeking missile or something like that and blowing up enemies and then you see all these bodies kind of in the corridor and so you launch a missile at them and then right after that you realize it's they were innocent people and that's kind of where the game kind of goes way down the tubes and you kind of realize okay my guy's going a little bit crazy here but what the game does is it it in the loading screens even like the little hints are kind of like jabs at the player hmm. um and I, I can't remember them off the top of my head oh i wish i could there was one that basically is like um now i want to look it up <laughs> Give me a second. I'm going to look it up because it's good. Um, but basically, they're... Um, sorry. Back up some Little line. jabs at the player. Yeah. Um, th- uh, that are about more like, you know, the, the glorification of, of violence in video games. Which normally I don't really like. I don't like that conversation because I think it's most of the time kind of like poppycock um but in in the game itself it kind of it works a little bit because the it's all a bit of um like having hoorah moments as a soldier um i can't find it dang it i feel like i've totally lost my point 
Well, there, there's like one leveling stream where it's like af after you've blown up all the innocent people, it's like, do you feel like a hero? Hmm. Um. There's something about like killing in a simulation. Anyways, it 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 does a really good job of like telling the story of the character going through. Um. You know. A mental breakdown, but also also talking to the player directly, uh, of like. You know really talking to you and saying like this is really weird like this is a messed up situation and and making you feel a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. um which is which is really interesting uh <laughs> like there are there are loading screens i'm reading them now if lugo were still alive he would likely suffer from ptsd so really he's the lucky one huh uh this is yeah. all your this is all your fault how many Americans have you killed today? Um, kill a man and you're a murderer. Kill everyone and you're a god. Yeah, no, it's... There's one like here. That's... Yep. <laughs> you are still a good person. <laughs> that comes earlier <laughs> in the game. That's uh, That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Oh, here's here's one. White phosphorus is a common allotrope used in your slaughter at the gate. It could set fire to soldiers and the innocent civilians they're trying to help. See, these are like... What I like about this is that they're just in the loading screens, right? They're not... You know... The characters in the game aren't, aren't talking to the player. It's the developers directly. Yeah. Um, it's almost a little passive-aggressive. A little bit, yeah. And and it's it's nice because... This doesn't happen until about like the last third of the game, so like when you start playing, you're just kind of I was I was not expecting this to happen. Um, yeah. Right. You're just oh, it's a military shooter. It'll, it'll probably be fine. You know, let's find out what happens. Probably pretty standard, and it it breaks down into this kind of like chilling experience a little bit, um, which has stuck with me. Right. Um, whereas like. Stanley Parable, the the points where it points to the player obviously haven't really stuck with me because I don't remember very much of them. Yeah. No, different things resonate stronger with different people. Mm hmm So, sorry to go off on that tangent. No, no, it's very interesting. Like, yeah, games are... Games are very powerful. Absolutely. Because they br they bring you into the story, right? Um, like the beginner's guide would function perfectly fine as a movie, or as like a a mockumentary type thing, but because they they plop you into the games and let you walk around and experience them, right? It becomes a little bit different. Yeah. So the medium is the message. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of um. Have you ever played Bioshock? I have. So you know, like the the twist. Uh, that you're a slave, basically, or you're under mind control. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, but I remember, like, I haven't. I I watched a let's play of it, but the fact that it actually takes the control away from the player, 
at that point really kind of drives home the message. And that's something that you couldn't do in a different medium. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's not like a movie can give you control at the climax of the game or at, at the climax of the film or anything like that. Yeah. 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 Like there, there are things that a movie can do that a game can't and vice versa. But, and, and that's what keeps, keeps you on your toes. Right. Um, the fact that you don't, you don't know when that time where you, that experience is going to happen. Exactly. You know, you don't, you don't know where, what you'll be able to escape from and, and what you won't be able to escape from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we should wrap it up. I think so. It's in, I like that. Uh, the, we've been talking for about 45 minutes now or about 40 minutes about the game and the game's only an hour and a half long. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty good when a game can spark a conversation. That's, half as long as the game itself mm. yeah so i'm assuming you'd recommend the beginner's guide i would definitely recommend the game because it, it just has so much to say about the medium and the i don't know just the whole creative process and what it means to be a creative like a creative person I, I think it's just and inter and interpretations and stuff. Yeah, I think it kind of speaks to um to people's even just like livelihood and work, you know. And yeah, why do you do what you do? And um, would you even do it if, if nobody saw you do it or nobody knew you did it? Type thing. Um, it uh, yeah, it, it does speak a little bit more to the more creative aspects of people. Yeah, no, but I, uh, that. That's a more accurate statement. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it made, it made me think of like, well, why, why do I work? Like, why do I work? Question mark. You know, hmm. what, what is the purpose of, of working? Right. Is it for validation or is it just work for money type thing? Very briefly, but like it, it, it did make me ask myself those questions. Um, yeah. So, any anything that makes you question yourself or or makes you think, I think is 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 worth experiencing, um, because otherwise that's like that's how you learn, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I would give this game uh, a rating of a of a Nauto. I was thinking the same. Yeah, because Nauto is the more like inquisitive uh analytical but also kind of like hiding her true self just like davy is mm -hmm. yeah. reaching out to your true self ah <laughs> well Grant, thank you so much should we give them a heads up of what's to come uh sure yeah okay so our next i think it's gonna be our next two episodes mm -hmm. barring any uh complications we're going to be doing kind of like a, a player, I would call it like a player's choice month. Um, so in November, we'll be releasing two episodes. The first episode are going to be games that we um, recommended to each other to play. Um, so for example, Graham has suggested or asked, requested that I play through Undertale, um, a very popular game. And uh, I've done that. And then I requested that Graham play through God of War, the one that came out 
earlier this year. So Graham's currently playing through that, and we're just going to talk about our experiences with them. Um, yep. Yeah, and that's that. The following episode will be games that uh, we we just wanted to play individually. Um, th- something that we've had on our backlog for a while, and just wanted to uh, to play after the the summer of Nintendo. It was kind of you know there was a lot of <laughs> times where I wanted to play something else, but I had to play a Nintendo game, which was fine because it was fun. But uh, this kind of allowed us to get caught up on things we wanted to play. So um, I've been playing through uh, Dragon Age, bleh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, yeah. And uh, Graham, you played um, Near Automata. Near Automata, which I have not played, um, but I've heard really good things about. Um, so it's actually on my list but I won't have played it by the time we record the episode. Um, it's a very long game. Yes. So this, I think it'll be interesting. Ep- that will be in particular an interesting episode because we're both, we'll both have played games that the other person has not played. Whereas in the episodes going to be coming out most recently, we, we both played, you know, at that point we'll both play God of War and both played Undertale. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that'll be interesting. Um, yeah. So hopefully, uh, you know, one of those, one or more of those games will be in, of interest to you. Um, do we want to go out on after after that? Uh, no, let's let's keep the okay. okay, keep the surprise. Yeah, so that is um, that's the month of November. Yeah. And uh, again, if you have any game suggestions, please do send them along. We do uh, we do take note, and we do plan to get to them eventually, uh, if they're good suggestions. Which all of them have been so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, yes. Yeah. Tell your friends we're, that we exist. Um, like us on Facebook if you'd like to do that. Um, yeah. Recommend to your friends your favorite episode. If you know that they've been playing a game that we've covered, tell them to have a listen after they've beaten it. Because that's what I like to do. I like to listen to podcasts on games that I really enjoy. So, because I like to hear what other people have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that. All right. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. See you next time.